Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. And I believe that God has something for us today, amen? amen? So here's what I need you to do. I need you to take a moment and say, Lord, say, repeat it to me. Say, Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. So I have on my little clip here. I have 20 bucks, 20 bucks. So my question this morning is who wants it? 20 dollars and only three people raised your hand? Really, four people? Man, okay, let's increase it a little bit. 40 bucks, who wants it? Okay, now, because there's more money involved, right? What if I made it 60 dollars? (laughs) $60. Who wants it? Who wants it? I should give it to my wife. That way I keep it. Actually, that's not true. (laughs) If I give her $60, I'll never get it back. $60. Let's count it out. Okay? Who can help me count? Because I'm going to count it. I'm bad at this. Okay, ready? Man, you guys passed math. That's awesome. <laughs> you notice how this side who never says anything was all about it? You guys notice what I'm talking about? I go over here, you guys are like, all of a sudden money comes out. I'm paying attention, Pastor. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this, okay? So bear with me. Don't think. All right, amen. All right. I'm going somewhere with this, so be patient with me. I got $60 right here. Who wants it? Who wants it? All right, I'm feeling. Some of you are like, I'm not playing your little game. It's free money. Who wants it? Who wants it? Right? You think I'm joking, right? Randy, go get this to Genevieve. Go get that to Genevieve. There's a reason I did that. Now, Genevieve is hurting right now, and she needed something today. But that's not why I did that. That That's all the money I have on me. I gave everything. But there's a reason I did that, because I want you to understand what it means to give. Because God has given to us. Do you see how some of you were not raising your hand because, and you're kind of regretting it now? (laughs) Right? Because you didn't think I was serious. Who thought I was not serious? Come on, be honest. You didn't think I was serious? You didn't think I was serious, Randy? You think I was joking around? Who else didn't think I was? You didn't think, you didn't think I was serious? You thought I was joking? Why do you guys think I'm always joking? <laughs> Come on. When's the last time I told a good joke? Skylar told me one this morning, but it's not for now. I'll tell you later. See, I'm always telling dad jokes, right? So it's kind of hard to take me seriously. But yet, here I am, I'm handing out money. You thought, well, maybe he's going to get out of this because, because he's going to give it to his wife, like he said. And, 
and he'll get that money back, which all of us men who are married know that's not possible, okay? That's, once it leaves your hand, it'll never, ever make its way back to you, okay? All right, but what I'm trying to say is some of us struggle with that, and brothers and sisters, can I tell you that when I talk about God giving, some of you struggle with that? You struggle to believe it? And if I had enough money, I would give everybody something here because even though I was only able to give to one person, we think, well, we never get anything, but yet not all of us truly wanted it, right? But God gives to everybody without prejudice, without bias. He gives, he gives, he gives, amen? I want you to know this morning that God gives, amen? And if I have to use a cheap trick to get you to see that, well, it wasn't cheap to me. I'm going to need that money back a little bit later. No, I'm, just, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. But it wasn't cheap to me. It, it cost me something, didn't it? Come on now. You think that money was just given to me? No, that money wasn't given to me. I had to work for it. Are you mad? I had to put in some time to get that money. It cost me something. But so what the Lord gives to us cost him something. Amen? It cost him something. But he's giving to you. And now it is time for us to give something back to him. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm not just talking about money. See, Remember what we've been talking about. God gives us freedom. Amen? God gives us hope. God gives us joy. Amen. Come on, let me see you smile. Come on, let me see you smile. Amen. Amen. Praise God. These are beautiful smiles. Amen? Some of you smile like you've been in the Marines too long. <laughs> you know who you are. Amen? <laughs> Some of you, you're afraid to smile because your face may crack, okay? All right, don't, your face is not going to crack unless you've had too much Botox, okay? So I promise you, let's try it again. If you've had Botox, I don't want to know about it, all right? Try it again. I want to see you smile. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful smiles, all of you. Amen. Some of you are toothless. Some of you have teeth. It doesn't matter. Amen. Listen, we, when you smile, it's a worship to God. Amen. God gives us joy. Amen. God gives us joy. Amen. You know what else God gives us? Some of you are thinking, Pastor Jen lost his mind. It's okay. I'm there. God gives us healing. Last week we learned that God gives us assurance. Amen. So today, we're going to talk about even something more amazing. God gives us all these things, and those are really attributes of who he is, but there's something more that he gives. He gives us the Holy Ghost. He gives us the Holy Ghost, amen? Let me explain who the Holy Ghost is. First of all, it is the literal breath of God. Is the literal breath of God. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, the Spirit of the Lord hovered above the waters. Amen? When he, when he breathed into man, the Spirit of God is the literal breath of God. When the waters were separated from Moses as the Israelites went across the dry ground, it was the breath of God. Amen? I want to tell you this morning that the breath of God is alive this morning and it can move mountains. Amen? The Holy Ghost is part of the Holy Trinity. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. It is time that we talk about the Holy Ghost, amen? We need to talk about the Holy Ghost. Mm, okay. 
I may do a happy dance every now and then. Okay? Because I'm feeling the Lord this morning. And if that offends you, then let it offend you. Okay? <laughs> I'm not trying to offend you, but it's time we talk about the Holy Ghost. Or maybe you say, well, I don't understand. Well, don't worry. We're going to educate you this morning. Okay? And then Jesus, or the Holy Spirit also anointed and empowered Jesus at his baptism. But think about that for a moment. Jesus did the things that he did because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. He was anointed. He was chosen. He was, he was, I'm trying to find the right word and it escapes me because there's just not really a right word that I can use there. He gave him the gifts that he needed. Next, he said, he teaches us the word of God. In John 14, 20, actually, let me go back. I'm going, getting a little ahead of myself. I'm gonna give you the scripture for today and they're gonna leave it there. John 20, 22. And when he said this, what's that word? He Everybody awake? He, he breathed on them, right? Take your hand. Have we done this before? Take your hand. Blow in it. He breathed on them. Amen? Remember in Genesis chapter 1 or chapter 2 when he breathed into man? It's the same thing. He breathed into them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But he teaches us the word of God. Stay on that verse, please. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, with the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance of all things that I said to you. The Gospels were written almost 50 years after Jesus died on the cross. Sometimes it was 30 years, but they were able to go back and in detail write the events that happened from that day. And they're so close together, they call three of the Gospels the synchronous Gospels because they're so close together and how they're written and the events that was done. Brothers and sisters, I will tell you, when you're in a time of trouble and you don't know what to do, God will speak to your heart and he will bring back scripture to you. He will bring back words of affirmation to you. Amen? The Holy Spirit helps you to bring back, or helps to bring back the Word of God, or the will of God. Nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus talking. For I do not go away. The Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Amen? Amen. The main purpose of the Holy Spirit is to reconcile us to God and God to us, to cause man to want to come to know God. John 16, 8 says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That's the main job of the Holy Spirit is to tell you to come to God. Some of you, you don't even know how you wound up in church this morning. You don't know how you got here, and you can say, well, somebody made me come. No, 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 that's not true. It's not true. The Holy Spirit drew you, amen? The Holy Spirit is trying to talk to you. Why do you continue to fight the Holy Ghost, amen? Why do you continue to fight the Holy Ghost? You can't win a battle against the Holy Ghost, amen? You need to go ahead and just say, come on, Holy Ghost, do in me what you want to do. I'm not... I'm not going to fight you anymore. Because you know what happens when you fight the Holy Ghost? You're going to be miserable. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to feel like that you can't do anything right. And I want to tell you today that the Holy Ghost is not only for you, but it, also, it is also for your children. See, when, it, when we're reconciled to God, when you come to God, he does this amazing thing. He begins to purify you. 
Those of you who have been saved for a while, think about when you were first saved and the things that you did. Amen? Think about the things that you were doing. Amen? I've had people tell me I've come to church drunk or on drugs and high, but I still came to church and I got saved. And they came back to church the next week and they were drunk and high. Wait a minute, pastor, you can do that in being a Christian? I never said that, but I would tell you when you give your life to Jesus that he'll take those things out of your life. He'll take them out of your life, amen? Listen, when you, when you love God, when you love God, the Holy Spirit begins to cleanse you. And those things that you used to do, you no longer want to do. You no longer have a taste for, amen? Brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit does that. Any sermon that I give of don't do that and don't do this doesn't mean squat. But what means something is in the middle of the night when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and tells you and speaks to you and says, you don't need to do that anymore. Amen? That's what he does. Praise God. And then, and then if that's not enough, he sends you to win other people to Christ. Amen? All right, so I'm going to give you a little challenge here. You ready? Are you ready? All right, you got your steel-toed boots on? You ready? How many people have you won to Christ this year? I'm waiting. Praise God. That's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? It's uncomfortable. You know why? That is the main reason the Holy Spirit comes upon us is to win people to Christ. But the church has not done its job, though, brothers and sisters, because we're so focused on whether the TV screen is on the right slide than winning people to Christ. We're so focused on whether the chairs are in alignment rather than win people to Christ. We're so focused on the volume of the music rather than win people to Christ. I will tell you this morning, any church is going to have problems, amen? Any facility is not going to be perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect church, but there is a perfect God, amen? And we need to do whatever it takes to win this world and bring them back to a loving Savior who will offer them forgiveness, amen? Who will offer them a new life. It is time the church stopped focusing on the wrong things and focus on the Holy Spirit that says, go out, go out, go out, go out, go out, go out, win the world, win the lost. That's the job of the church, amen? How many people have you won to Christ? How many people have you talked to about Christ, amen? How many of you shared the gospel? When you have the Holy Spirit, you can't help but talk about God, amen? Praise God. But there's a difference between the power of God and the presence of God. What you have felt this morning is the presence of God. How many felt the presence of God when the worship was there? Amen? How many felt the presence of God as we are praying over the children this morning? Amen? How many felt that, isn't the presence of God a wonderful thing? It's like heaven coming down, isn't it? That's what it feels like. Anybody imagine that heaven's going to feel a lot the same way? Amen? It's going to feel like, whoo, that's nice. Amen? That's nice. The presence of God is awesome, but the power of God is something else. Amen? Come on now. The power of God is, listen to me. I know there's distractions. We're going to get past that. The power of God is something else. Amen? That's what we need to rely for for the church. Amen? For too long, and I know I'm being critical here. I warned you to put your steel-toed shoes on. For too long, we've come in and we've said, oh, Lord, send your presence. But we don't take his presence and his power out. 
We walk out this door like, whew, that's over. I can go be in what I want to be now. No, you can't. Amen? If, the power, if you want the power of God to be in your life, then it's got to be there 24-7, not just three hours a week. And some of you, it's not even three hours a week. Amen? we got to have the power of God in our life. Amen? we got to go out there and say, hey. We need to go out there and say, do you need healing in your life? Let me pray for you. Anybody afraid to do that? Listen, that's a scary thing to pray for healing for somebody, isn't it? But do you know that God heals today just like he did 2,000 years ago? Did anybody hear me? Because it's right there that the cue card says get excited. Did you guys see the cue card? Did, I, did you guys not put up the cue card? I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Come on, guys. Let me get my pom-poms out. We'll do this together. I'm cheerleading. Amen? I'm, I know I'm joking when I'm saying this, but let's celebrate what God can do. Amen? God, God has called you to be an agent for him. Amen? God has called you to go out. You know what we do, though? Hey, pastor, can you come help me? Someone who wants to receive Jesus. I don't mind those calls, but not at 4 a.m. when I'm asleep, okay? I mean, I love that person you're praying with, but I'm probably going to do this. Say, Jesus, okay, you're fine, all right? You pray for them, amen? God is giving you the power if you're ready to receive it, amen? There is power in his presence, but we have to want the power, not just the presence, See, we're living in an increasingly evil age. I mentioned about the drag show at the Valley Library. They were so proud, the newspaper article. 26 children experienced men dressed as women. What a glorious day that was. I wanted to vomit. Am I against trans people? No, I love people. But what have we come to that we feel like we have to expose children to such decadence? to such evil? What have we come to that that's okay and there's not someone else there going, no, that's not okay without being shouted down? Now, some of you may disagree with me and that's okay. I can handle disagreement, but I'm gonna go by the word of God, amen? And in the word of God, a man is a man and a woman is a woman, amen? It is time that we have the power of God not to condemn people, that's not our job. My job is not to go down there and hold up a protest sign and, and sit there and dance around and act like a fool and get arrested. Okay, I, I can just see this now. Local pastor arrested, okay? That's not, now, if I get arrested, that happens. I'm not talking about that. But my job is to go down and put my arm around people and say, listen, what you're doing is wrong, okay? I want to love on you. I want to help you, but this is wrong, okay? This is wrong on so many levels. Let's not do this. But just like, just like at the library, I want to go downtown. And brothers and sisters, we've done this. We want to go downtown to the glory hall or just downtown and put our arms around a homeless person. Praise God. Put our arms around a homeless person and say we love you here's some socks here's some shoes here's some things that you need I want to go down to someone who's crying on the side of the road and put my arm around them and say I don't know what you're going through I don't know what you're dealing with but I tell you I know somebody that can help you I want to put my arm I want to put my arm around a young girl who just come out of the abortion clinic 
who just come out of the abortion clinic and doesn't realize the, the gravity of what she's done. And her, her boyfriend's with her, and maybe he's upset, I don't know, but they're crying and they don't realize why. I'm gonna put my arm around them, not to condemn, but to love, amen? That is the power of God, amen? See, for too long, Christians want to protest. Listen, protesting never got us anywhere. It may change the law, but it doesn't change the heart. Jesus said to himself, I did not come into the world to condemn the world. If I'm supposed to be like Jesus, then that's not my job either, brothers and sisters. I don't need to condemn. The Holy Spirit does that. Amen? Come on now. The Holy Spirit does that. Amen? Amen. See, I want you to understand that by having the power of God, you have become the son and the daughter of God. Listen to this. That sounds weird, but let me read it to you. Romans 8, 14. He says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Did you know that? You are the sons and the daughters of God. Amen? Listen to me when I say that. You are the sons and the daughters of God. You have been adopted. You have been grafted in the vine. The power of the Holy Spirit is represented through the baptism depicted in Acts chapter 2. Jesus said this in 1.8. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, that's very important. Did he say you will receive power and that's it? No. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Those are the words of Jesus, amen? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know what that means? That means no devil's got a chance against what God has in you. That means no devil has a chance against what God has inside of you. You see, you ever, you ever been somewhere where it's a little scary? You ever been in somewhere's house and it's a little weird and you got scared? Or you've been, you been somewhere and some, there was just something there and, and it made you nervous and it made you scared? Listen, when you got the power of Holy Ghost in you, you're not scared of those things. You don't, you don't, the devil doesn't scare you, amen? And it's not because, it's not because you're not afraid of God. It's because God is inside of you who is mightier. It's like having a big brother who's bigger than anything else and a bully trying to come at you and go, no, I'm not going to mess with that guy, amen? See, when you have the Holy Ghost, the devil can try to come to you, but when he sees the Holy Ghost in you, he's like, nope, nope. He goes to get somebody else and he says, listen, listen, I want to go, I want to go bother, I want to go bother somebody. And, and there they are. And, and the, the other bigger demon goes, wait a minute, no, they got the Holy Spirit. I can't handle that either. And so then they go to somebody else and they say, hey, I want to go bother him. And he says, no, he's got the Holy Spirit. I can't touch that. Then they go to the devil himself, amen. And he says, hey, we want to come against this person. And he looks at him and he goes, nope. Because that same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, amen, now abides in our mortal bodies, amen. See, 
It's at this point where you're saying, well, Pastor, don't I have the Holy Spirit when I got saved? See, there's a difference between a taste and the whole plate. There's a difference. See, if you believe only that the Holy Ghost comes into our heart for salvation, then you're missing the whole picture. You're missing the whole picture. It's kind of like eating your vegetables without eating the meat. Amen? It's like, it's like eating or reading, not eating, reading, half a book. Now maybe you're like me, I always go to the end of the book and find out what happened and then read the rest of it. But it's like reading half a book. You miss key details, don't you? It's like eating half a Snickers bar. It doesn't truly satisfy. I don't know about you, but the church isn't really truly satisfied, are we? Come on. I mean, see, I love me some Snickers bars. If somebody wanted to come and bless me with a Snickers bar, I won't be mad at you. Please do not do it in front of my wife. Or my daughter, because my daughter will tell my wife. Okay? They're, they will, yeah. Just sneak it to me like a love offering. Okay? Like a Pentecostal handshake. Make it a Snickers bar. We're good. Amen? Praise God. But if I were to eat only half of that Snickers bar, how many understand that I'm missing the full extent of what the joy of a Snickers bar is? You ever seen those Snicker minis? That's the Snickers no to me. I want the whole thing. Amen? I want the king size, praise God. If it comes, you know that king size comes as two separate Snickers bar? I don't see that as two separate Snickers. I see that as one. Praise God. Anybody feeling me here this morning? But too many of you, you're taking the Snickers minis when you could have the king size, amen? I want to tell you this morning, the Holy Spirit is more than just come into my heart. It's more than that. Come on now. It is more than that, Amen. You're talking about walking in victory, amen? You're talking about walking in authority. Come on now. How many of you feel like that nobody listens to you or hears your voice? Come on now. I can tell you those who walk in spiritual authority, I can assure you the enemy hears your voice, but it's not your voice, it's the voice of the Lord, amen? Come on now. Come on now. Maybe... Maybe nobody hears your voice because God's intending you to speak to the supernatural. Mm, come on. Maybe God's called some of you to speak to the supernatural and start bringing down some strongholds in Juno, okay? Come on now. Maybe God's talking to you and saying, hey, bring it down. Bring it down. I see that stronghold. Bring it down. I speak to that abortion clinic. Bring it down. I speak to that library who's doing things that are not of God. Bring it down. Woo! Pastor, you're talking about bringing down a library? I'm talking about bringing down a house of sin. Amen? Come on now. Come on. Bring down the corruption in our government. Amen? Bring down the corruption in our churches. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, I said that. 
Come on, we got some corruption in our churches, don't we? We got preachers getting up. You feel I'm good, you're good, we're all good. I'm going to tell you, I'm not good this morning. I need the Lord, amen? And I, I'm assuming that you need the Lord too, okay? And I want to tell you this morning, we all need the Lord, amen? We have all fallen short of the glory of God. But I tell you, this morning, he has empowered me to preach. He has empowered me to give the word of God this morning, amen? I'm tired of churches preaching, preaching messages that, I'm going to be honest with you, don't matter. Now, I'm saying some stuff today. All right, you with me? If you're not with me, it's okay. I'm going to say some stuff. I'm tired of churches not speaking the word of God. I'm tired of churches sugarcoating life. I'm tired of churches sugarcoating the way things are. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, brothers, this morning because Jesus never sugarcoated. He always said what needed to be said, and then he would always tell them that he loved them. Amen. When I, was, uh, when I was little, this may surprise you, but I did something bad. I don't remember what it was because everything I did was perfect as a child. My mom don't remember. <laughs> I was perfect, right, Mom? Amen. That's good. <laughs> and for whatever reason, my dad went crazy and he decided that I needed to be spanked. Yes, they spanked me many times. Many, many, many times. That's why I walk a little funny. And so he said this to me, and I never will forget it. He said, and some of you have heard this from your parents. <laughs> he said, This is going to hurt you more than it, or hurt me than it is you. Sorry, I had it wrong. Kind of blew my point there. Let me try it again. This is going to hurt me, my dad, more than it's going to hurt you. Where I messed up is I said, liar. <laughs> and then he said, no, now it's going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me. Amen? The reason I say that is that when we get into churches, the things that we say during these times of correction, I kind of forgot where I was going with this. I'm going to go this new direction where the Lord's taking me. That happens sometimes. I go down rabbit holes and I have to find my way out. Amen? But we go with correction. The Holy Spirit, I can't even talk anymore. Holy Spirit starts to move in us and he corrects us and he says things about us that we don't want to hear, amen? And we have to speak into people's lives. We have to tell them this is how it's going to be. We have to show the love of Christ, amen? And what I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, when you have the power of God in your life, he's going to allow you to speak into people's lives. He's going to allow you to love into people's lives. He's going to allow you to show them who God is, amen? See, in the same way, if you think baptism is for your own personal edification, then you're contrary to Scripture. Like the Holy Spirit is just here to make me feel better. That's not how it is. It's not about bringing down the Holy Ghost for the sake of emotionalism. It's about the power to preach the message to the lost and to live a life worthy of Him. Brothers and sisters, we fight a spiritual battle that we don't see. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Look at your neighbor and say mighty. Look at the other neighbor and say mighty. Not carnal, but mighty, who? In God, for pulling down strongholds. 
Amen? Man, I tell you what, I'm, I, get, I get tired of talking to people and all they want to do is argue with me. Hey, have you heard about God? Bible was it written, is written by men. Okay, relax. Okay, relax. The Bible says we're mighty in power to bring down, mighty in God, pulling down strongholds. And then he says, casting down arguments. Amen? In other words, when somebody tries to argue with you, the Holy Spirit's going to give you the wisdom to know what to say. And no, you know what? You can't argue with people sometimes because all that does is feed their ego, okay? Like, I got them upset. If somebody wants to tell me, no, the Bible is written by a bunch of men, I say, well, praise God, a bunch of men actually agreed on something. I've never seen that before. Have you? Come on now. Have you seen, have you seen any group of men agree on anything? No, we always have to argue and counter-argue, but every person in the Bible that wrote something, they wrote something and it all agrees with each other. Praise God. That shows the anointing of God. Amen? That shows that God was in this. Then he says, in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. See, some of you struggle with the Holy Ghost because you don't bring every thought into captivity. You just keep dwelling on it. That was pretty direct, wasn't it? Needed to be said. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. A few years ago, my son wrestled. And it was, you know, middle school wrestling. And I remember watching him wrestle. And when, when he said he was going to wrestle, all I could think of was the WWE. And they were going to have the, the ring there, and he was going to bounce off the ring and then jump up and somebody, and I was like, this is going to be awesome. But really what it was, they got on the floor, it was Greco-Roman wrestling, and it was a very personal wrestling. And it was tough, and it required strength. The person that won had to have two things. They had, they had to have strength and wisdom. Then they had to have the discernment to know what to do. Amen? Anybody who's ever been wrestling before knows what I'm talking about, right? But if you've ever boxed and everything, it's not, you have to have the strength to do those things, but it's not necessarily about that. It's about your footwork. It's about your technique. It's about what you do. Amen? That's why they have coaches. Anybody can hit. But it's about how you hit. Amen? Some of you are not winning your battle against the enemy because you ain't hitting right. You ain't hitting right. You're kind of doing this. Man, you ain't hitting nothing. All you hitting's air. But I'm going to tell you what, when you got the Holy Ghost, you get your feet square, you say, come on, let's go, let's go, come on, let's go. I got you right here. And you know what? If you somehow knock me down, then the Holy Ghost is right behind me, in front of me, beside me. He's going he's gonna to come after you. Amen? Come on, church. we got to stop trying to fight these battles on our own because God has given to us the Holy Spirit. But you know what? There's an uncomfortability about all this. Because somehow, we've been taught that when you go to church, you have to be proper. Right? We have to be proper. I don't know who spread that rumor. Because every time I look in 
the Old Testament. The Bible talks about David dancing. Amen? Well, he was under the influence of something. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going with this. David danced so hard, his clothes fell off. Don't do that. If, you're, if you feel like your clothes are about to fall off, let me know. We will clothe you, okay? But I still want you to worship God, okay? I still want you to worship God. David danced before the Lord, amen? The, David, as a matter of fact, David, who was our example of what a worship leader should be, David said, he said, come on and clap your hands, all you people. Pastor, why do you guys clap hands? Because the Bible says so. Why do you raise your hands? Because the Bible says to raise your hands in the temple. Why do you sing? Because the Bible said to sing, amen? Well, Pastor, I don't have a good voice. There's not a qualification to sing in the Bible, okay? Worship is putting yourself out there and willing to look foolish. Mm, that's hard. Pastor, I appreciate that, but I don't want to look foolish. Then you're missing what God has for you. See, let, let me let you in a little something. When Jesus died on the cross, we have that picture of him with that little loincloth over him as, you know, as modesty. But can I tell you the scripture implies that he was actually naked, fully naked. Because the Romans wanted to humiliate the people that they crucified as an example to someone else. He bore that humiliation for you so that you can become new. Now, if that means I have to raise my hands, if that means I do a little dance in front of people, if that means I have to wave my hands back and forth to show God that I love him, if that means that I exhibit true emotion, not emotionalism, but emotion, to receive the power of God, then that's what I'm going to do. If you want the power of God, then you've got to be willing to receive and enact the power of God. I know it's uncomfortable, but you've got to decide right now, what do you want more? Do you want to be comfortable? Do you want to be comfortable? Or do you want to see your family saved? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Are you, do you want to be comfortable? Or do you want to see your friends and family turn their lives to God? Amen. Are you tired of going down the highway downtown and seeing the homeless drunk? Pastor, you're saying if I get filled with the Holy Ghost, that will change? It could. You know why? Because the purpose of the Holy Ghost is not to create some emotional moment right here. The power of the Holy Ghost, if we look what happened in Acts chapter 2, they worshiped the Lord. But you know what happened immediately after? They went out. Come on now, they went out. It is not necessarily, it is not necessarily for the purpose of tongues, amen? Now, everywhere we read in Acts, there was tongues, okay? Now, there's a big debate. Should you have tongues? Should you not have tongues? To be honest with you, none of that really matters. What matters is that when we receive the gift of God and power is endued upon us, that we go find somebody and we say, hey, do you know about Jesus? We have the power and the authority to go out for too long. 
For too long, brothers and sisters, churches have looked at each other, people have looked at each other, and they, then when the service is over, they grab each other's hands and say, wow, that was a great service, a great service, and they go out and they forget everything. Brothers and sisters, if we do that, then I have failed you. I failed you, and you failed yourself. Because do you know that God wants to use you and your family's life right now? Did you know that? Do you know that God wants to use you to save someone through the words that you do, to lead them to Christ? Do you know that God wants, I, I love it when people are newly saved, they blow up my phone all the time. And when God's been doing something, they blow up my phone. I tell them not to text me on Monday because that's my day of rest. They text me and they go, Pastor, put it in them. Sorry, I forgot your day off. But can we talk? I got to tell you. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention you, but now that you raise your hand. And I love that, right? I, I do. I love it. Randy's like, that's me. <laughs> right? And Helen probably tried, it's his day off. And I'm like, I know, but I got to tell him. I'm excited. Listen, I don't mind that. I'm not going to respond to you sometimes, amen? Because I, I need a break day, right? But listen, it's okay to be excited. I wish people were excited about God, amen? All right. I do this every service. I don't know why I do it, but we're going to do it again. I wish people were excited about God. Amen? Okay, that was good. That was good. Now, guys, I don't want to put any pressure on you, okay? But they did pretty good that time, okay? All right? I wish people were excited about God. Amen? Amen. You guys are catching up. You guys are catching Some people are like, I really hate it when he does this. It feels forced. No, I'm coaching you. I'm helping you. It's like, it's like pulling a dog that does No, that sounds bad the way I said that. That, I don't mean it like that. Strike that. It's like, it's like trying to pull somebody who doesn't want to go anywhere, okay? That's what I, see, I can mess up sometimes, and it's okay. You love me and forgive me, amen? I will tell you that God wants to pull you out of that moment, okay? God wants to take you to another level, amen? God wants to say, here, walk in victory. I've said this before. You know how some of us walk? You ready? I'm going to imitate you. I see you walking in church. People who are listening to the podcast have no idea what I'm doing. All right? And you get into church, and you start listening to the worship, and you start doing this. You kind of lift your head a little bit. Then we take up the tithe and offering, you back down. <laughs> I see it. Don't worry. And I start to preach, and you start to get up again. Okay, okay. Then by the end of the service, you're like, yeah! Then you go out of here, and you're like, Brothers and sisters, we don't need no more roller coasters. We need, the church needs men and women of God who are ready to walk out of here in authority. See, when I look at my children, I say, do this. And they have two choices. They can either do it or not do it. The second of which faces consequences. Amen? They face consequences if they don't do like I ask them to do. Now, when they were younger, those consequences were different. But now, I have to come up with different circumstances or whatever, right? Like I maybe charge them $20. That seems to hurt them the most when I charge them money. Did you do what I asked you to do? No, give me 20 bucks. Amen? The ultimate, the ultimate thing that I do is like cutting off the Wi-Fi. And you would have thought that, you know, like I'm the worst dad ever. But I mean what I say, Amen? 
If I, see, I, I'm with this weird diet. If I tell you to do something, then I mean do it. If I have to do it, Lord, help you. So the Lord gives us that authority that we go in the deepest, darkest places and we say, in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Come on now. In the name of Jesus. Hey, can, can we do something? Can we, can we, now see, some of us aren't ready yet. But those of us who are filled with the Holy Ghost, can we speak to that authority that's trying to take away and distract right now? In the name of Jesus. You cannot function here. We are going to come in the name of Jesus. We want the Holy Ghost to come down. Amen. We want the Holy Ghost to fill this place. Amen? Yeah. Now some of you don't have the Holy Ghost. You've been going to church a long time. And I'm, I'm going to just ask you a quick question. I'm going to ask you the same question that Paul asked. When's the last time you spoke in tongues? Listen, if it's been a while, the Holy Spirit, uh, David compares it to a cup of water. And David says, fill my cup, Lord, till it overflows. Amen? Fill my, and if you're not, if you've left water out, if you've left water out, what happens to that water? It dissipates. It goes away, right? The Holy Spirit is not meant to be kept in this container. It is meant to pour out of me into someone else. It is meant to pour out of me into someone else. It is meant to pour out of me into someone else. It is meant to pour out of me into someone else. It is meant to pour out of me into someone else. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? It is not meant to stay in me, amen? It is not meant to stay in you. Rise to your feet, amen? Praise God. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.